All right, live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240, our newest platform, uh, Samsung TV Plus, Channel 1029. Uh, we're on the Roku channel as well, all over. You can watch us on the Real America's Voice website as well. And, of course, we appreciate you tuning it in. Uh, sitting in right now for the big guy because he's uh, he's out tonight is me. I'll be uh, holding down the show, and as you can tell Paul's not here because uh, well there's an Islander game and we all know when there's an Islander game that's the only place you'll find Paul Nolan uh, so sitting in for him is uh, our very own David Zier David hi Zier. everybody how you doing David? it's an uh, honor to be here well thanks for uh, taking the time out to join us David is the host of Breaking Point right here on Real America's Voice he's also a field reporter for Real America's Voice and he's been in New York business and politics for what is it like 35 years you've been hammering yes liberals? it feels like a hundred <laughs> we've been fighting the bureaucracy of New York State all right. Well, thank you for taking the time and, and jumping in. He's going to be handling news for us tonight in Paul's absence. And, of course, no show would be complete without sports. And Rick Amarati, Slick Rick, how you doing? Hey, Rick, how are you tonight? I am doing well. What is going on? Let's get a quick, uh, a quick touch of sports uh, because we know there's a certain game happening tonight, isn't there? Big NHL game out on Long Island. Game six for the Islanders trying to stave off elimination to the Tampa Bay Lightning, the defending Stanley Cup world champions. That game will puck drop in about uh, seven or eight minutes, so we'll right. keep an eye on that. I'll have a report on the Golden Knights Montreal Canadiens series and also a real goaltending gaffe in the Euro 2020 today. We're a goaltender. Well, I'll tell you about it when I get to it. All right. Sounds good. So we got sports coming up. We've got news with David Zier. And uh, you know what? I found uh, we were about to start something. I'm going to take a little. I'm going to veer off course just a little bit here because this just came out. Uh, I found it on the Telegram group uh, for live from Studio 6B. Yeah, I check in, guys. So <laughs> don't worry. Well, I am checking in. You just had it up here. A message from... President Trump. Statement from Donald J. Trump, 45th President of the United States. He writes, Georgia now plans to remove over 100,000 obsolete and outdated uh, names off their voter rolls. Doing this, they say, will ensure voting files are up to date, while at the same time ensuring voter integrity in future elections. In all caps, what about the last election? Why wasn't this done prior to November 3rd presidential election? Where was where they had us losing by a very small number of votes, many times less than the 101,789 figure. That's the amount they're going to be uh, expunging wow. from the rolls. Uh, this means we, you, won the presidential election in Georgia, but don't fret. Much other information will soon be revealed about Georgia and other states. It's coming out fast and furious. The 2020 presidential election was rigged. And again, that's a statement shared by Kyle Dandoy, from uh, from the Telegram group, live from Studio 6B, so find us there as well. Uh, a statement by Donald J. Trump, 45th President of the United States. And you know what? And we were talking about this the other night, David, that by Raffensperger, the dude in uh, the Secretary of State in, I call him the dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's Big Lebowski. <laughs> the, the, the dude, dude. <laughs> down in Georgia, man. Um, with him isolating this small number of, because when you think about it, it's either millions of votes or, you know, a smaller number of votes. I'd much rather say, you know what, let's just isolate. You've already isolated the, this number of votes. Let's go through that and see if these particular voters all voted, whether they be dead, relocated, what have you. 
And right there, you don't even have to do the whole state. You just say, you know what, we'll go through this. We'll start here. And if this gives us a different result, then we already know the outcome. We don't even have to bother with the rest of the state. Well, it's a start. Um, you know, what about all the alleged underage voters that voted too? And does it include all the dead people? And, you know, so uh, anything's a plus uh, that can help going forward. Uh, but we still really got to address the past. So. Yeah. Yeah, and anybody talking about, well, we're going to do it in 2022, you watch. Yeah, you watch them steal it again if you don't <laughs> fix the problem that got us into where we are right now with the, uh, you know, the, the resident Biden administration. All right, so there you have that uh, kicking off the show. Uh, let's jump into something. You know what? And it's something that we've talked about a bunch. It's gotten a lot of play lately. It's the It's the way that... Americans' parents really are stepping up to the plate, so to speak, in terms of confronting these school boards around the country. We've seen a lot of great videos of parents, fathers, mothers standing up, you know, making their voices heard and basically throwing down the gauntlet to these people, these uh, these bureaucrats that, that sit on these school boards. I guess they th- they're all high and mighty. I've never... I've never gone to a school board meeting, but I think I'm, it's going to be have, have to be something I pen into my uh, my daily planner at some point, because these people they come off like they've got uh, like their ass don't stink. Well, they're not pragmatists. They don't live in the real world. They hide in an office all day while everybody's opening the gates for their contractors every morning, can't even pay their unemployment insurance and run their business. The towns are out of control. So they're just like government. They're bureaucrats. This is a fight against the institutional bureaucracy of Americans. And they're rising up, and they should. Right. And it's something that, you know, we talk about, we talked about a lot here right after the election. It's like, you know, you kind of throw up your hands like, well, what can we do? You know, it's a, it's on this level. How can we affect change? Is there some kind of mechanism? And I think it's almost by accident that this these school boards and seeing the way the parents are reacting to the critical racism theory that they're pushing down everybody's throats that, you know what, this is, I guess, this is the, that first battlefield. It's uh, it's the threshold, finally. I've been warning that the commies had taken over since I'm 13, but <laughs> nobody listened. But we're decades later here, um, you know, having been to the Soviet Union, watching the bread lines, the curfews, and tanks in the street, kind of like Washington, D.C. now, you know, and uh, this is a takeover. This is a progressive Marxist cancel culture assault on America, and they're trying to paint MAGA people as white supremacists are doing it in the military and our school boards there and and the parents I think a threshold was finally met and people are mad yeah and it's great that we're seeing them stand up we've seen a lot out of one particular county down in Virginia um, Loudoun County Virginia as a matter of fact we got some clips and you know I don't know if you've seen some of the older clips from like last month where the parents showed up and they were reading they were reading passages from books that were quote-unquote allowed to be read to the kids from first grade to seventh grade and you had the 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 board members like shutting it down because it was too vulgar and then they're like wait this is too vulgar for you but it's okay for my two my my, my second grader to read this crap so if, if you want to find those just do a just do an internet search you'll find it under Loudon. um you know, school board meetings. There's some great stuff and they really embarrass these people. But let's get to let's get to what's happened in the last couple days. Uh, Let's start with this clip. Number 14. Listen to what happens after they they started. They always do a a public comment section where people can stand up to the mic and voice their concerns. And then you get arrested for talking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that happens later. But check out what happens when they didn't like what what they were hearing. Cut 14. G. I am disgusted 
by your bigotry they just shut off carries nine zero public comment is now ended we will move to our next agenda item so what they did there was they didn't like what they were hearing so they cut his mic they took a quick vote we're ending the public comments uh listen what's going on is uh, absolutely despicable and this one gentleman i don't think he was doing anything wrong they put him in cuffs and they uh they escorted him out of the place and this is what's going on nationwide uh, but between unmask our children efforts the uh critical race theory the 1619 project they've pushed the buttons now where america is this is the woke on the right side right. you know um and i'm really happy that people are standing up because nobody ever votes in the school board races you know you get like 10 percent out. Yeah, but it, I think it, now it, that's going to change. Right. Yeah, and it's usually the same people over and over again. You're like, eh, I guess so. They're <laughs> the only ones that want the gig. You know. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like it's some some uh, some some highfalutin office, but these people take it very seriously. They get very wrapped up, the school board people, in their power. And how they affect, oh, we're going to, you can't wait, wait till you see what we're going to do. It's like a Frankenstein monster. Yeah, the New York uh, you know, City Teachers Union just adopted the BLM agenda to denuclearize the family. Um, so, you know, it's reprehensible what's going on. Unfortunately, New York City, you know, one third of the black kids in this nation aren't in school. Uh, and, and not to get off the subject, no, but right. New York City Teachers Union has crossed the line also in these Episcopal schools. The Catholic schools are fine. The Episcopal schools in New York City, you can't use the word mom, you can't use the word dad or and uncle they're destroying america they're breaking the fabric of this nation and it's contagious and uh, people in middle america fly over people you know that don't ever right. get a voice have to stand up and fight take our country back well that's exactly what happened let's go to cut number 15 as soon as they clipped off and said hey we're changing the agenda no more public comments here was the next thing that happened <laughs> You ticked off mom and dad, and uh, that they're not very happy. Um, and again, that was in response to when they decided uh, no more public comments. Then, I guess as things kind of continued, they tried to clear the room, and this happened. Cut number thirteen, G. So now they've got the sheriff's in. See, and, and that's the part that that really gets me is that, you know, you know, these sheriffs, they got kids, too. And they've got to be. Is it coming down from up above that they've got to do this? Are they are they not thinking down the road? Because at some point, you know what? It's it's like walking around in New York City. It's like, oh, you get mugged, and uh, the cops, eh, they're not really going to do anything because they don't want to get involved, and they know they're only going to let these people out. So why don't the sheriffs just say, you know what, we're going to stand down. These parents really aren't doing anything that would be considered a crime. We just have to show force for the for these uh, liberal-minded whack nuts standing up behind this uh, this podium. 
people are tired of being told they're bad people for being good people. Yeah. And unfortunately, um, a lot of these uh, police commissioners, and especially in blue states, blue cities, blue counties, you know, they're political figures. And, um, you know, look, now, now Biden's reversing and say we have to refund the police because they know right. what a disaster it is. Um, but, you know, listen, the police departments are very political, just like the military, what they're doing. And, um, you know, General Patton would have been thrown out of the military for what General Milley did in the House today. Uh, and, you know, Matt Gates, uh, you know, uh, yeah, we'll, t- we'll touch on that a little bit later. We have some cuts from that. Um, but, yeah, I, and we saw this one great Sky News report because, believe it or not, Loudoun County is now going international. I think we'll, we'll, we'll try and pick this up right after the break uh, just to show people how this has spiraled. And this is gaining more momentum, not only in this country, but I, I guarantee you it's spreading to other countries. They're starting to see what's happening in the smaller settings like, like we've talked about these, these uh these school board meetings and they're realizing you know what we the people have the power here they only serve at our pleasure and they're starting to realize that you know what we're going to get rid of you we're being balkanized and uh, the leadership in this country is tearing us apart and it's uh by design unfortunately yeah unfortunately we got a lot more though fortunately like i said i want to get to that clip maybe right out of break and then we'll do some uh, sports with rick and uh we got curtis sliwa Yeah, the Republican nominee for New York City mayor coming up at 8.30. Stay there. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. We got more. No, no, No flipping. from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. And again, thank you for joining us here on a Wednesday night. If you're looking at the screen going, who the heck are these guys? Um, that would be David Zier to my to my right. Uh, he is sitting in for Paul Nolan, hang, hanging out with us, doing the news tonight. So we appreciate you taking the time and joining us, David. I know you've got a busy schedule. Yes, I'm really honored that you asked me on. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. We're in a fight for our survival in this country. Yeah, and you're doing your part as well with your show, Breaking Point. When is it on? Remind people. Uh, Breaking Point is on uh, 8 a.m. on Saturday morning. It repeats throughout the weekend on Dish Network, Channel 219, uh, Pluto.tv, free awesome app, Channel 240. We're on Comcast Chicago, and now we're on Samsung TV, right? Yeah, Samsung TV Plus. That's an awesome thing because so many people have Samsung TVs, and now you just go, you grab your little clicker, you go, oh, look, look at these idiots. I'll watch this. We're very excited. Uh, You know, we got a lot going on. I, I just got back from the Freedom Conference in Tanfo, Tampa. Nice. We're heading to CPAC in Dallas next week, uh, the week after, and then uh, to Turning Point USA in Tampa. So uh, Real America's Voice is on the ground covering Trump in Cleveland with the Real America's Voice Save America Freedom Tour, which is fantastic. And our prayers go out for the Burkwam family tonight. Yeah, uh, Ben and his family suffered an accident. We, we hear everyone is, uh, I guess, going to be okay, which is great, but we send you our best. Uh, get well, and hopefully uh, everybody's up and, up and uh, you know, feeling great very, very soon. So, Ben, Ben, take care of the family and take care of yourselves. We appreciate you. Um, Got to remind everybody, I mentioned it just before we went to break, if you're just joining us now, Curtis Lewa. Remember him? Remember that name? If you're a New York City person or a New York person, or maybe you remember some of the stuff that happened late 70s, early 80s, he is the uh, American activist. He's the founder and chief executive officer of the Guardian Angels. Always has the red hat on. Unmistakable guy. 
quite a character. David's known him for a bit. He's also running for mayor of New York City coming up next year. He just won the primary, the Republican primary, so he's going to be one of the candidates up to try and clean up this city and try to try to clean the mess that the Blasio left over. Uh, he's coming up at 8.30, so it'll be a pleasure to talk with him. Uh, but to put, put a bow on, you know, uh, again, what we were talking about, Loudoun County. Um, and again, the way a school board meeting really empowers not only the people in the community and the parents to really, you know what, because sometimes, let's face it, you get, you get stuck you get into a routine, you're working, you're, you're, you're going to the stores, you're, you're, you're planning this, you're running kids here and there. You don't have a chance to always, you know, kind of pay attention to what's going on in the schools. You leave that, you you figure you leave that to the professionals because they know better. Um, but now we're finding out that they're pushing this racism on everybody, trying to get kids to hate each other um, simply because of the color of their skin. And they're pushing it through the schools to indoctrinate them. And, and parents have, have, caught on to it and they're fed up and they're like eh, eh. and you know it's starting to become a big thing liberals are freaking out all over the place but also it's starting to pick up around not only the country but around the world and i say that because sky news had this piece and uh gee it's cut number 12 watch how this <laughs> watch how this 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 uh update goes Today, a school board meeting got out of control when the crowd became rowdy, resulting in two reported arrests and a minor injury for one person. According to Reuters reporter Gabriella Borta, the local county sheriff's office declared the school board meeting an unlawful assembly. (laughs) Parents were told to get out of the room or they would be trespassing. The meeting was mainly to discuss a proposed policy 8040, which is a transgender protection right for students. In May, a Virginia physical education teacher was suspended from his job for refusing to invoke the policy by using a student's pronouns, citing it was sinning against God. While the teacher was eventually reinstated to his job, it has been wildly criticised by conservative parents, especially when over 250 Loudoun County residents signed up to speak at today's meeting. Critical race theory was not meant to be on the agenda for today's meeting, but became a priority, according to Gabriella Borta. While the crowd became chaotic during proceedings, the board decided to halt public commentary, which angered the crowd, who started singing the Star Spangled Banner. I'm sorry, but you will not shut them down. Loudoun County School Board uh, notice has been served repeatedly, and uh, I hope you all get replaced very, very soon. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I think I'm going to cry. Uh, for real. Um, you know, people are tired of being told they're bad people for being good, right? People are finally yeah. coming out and they're speaking up. And um, what, what's going on in that county is a breath of fresh air. You know, these people don't have a chance. A society is stifling them. People have to work. You got to make two, three hundred grand a year as a family to survive. You're one paycheck away from losing your house. The town comes in and finds you for your shed. The state comes in and says you're a bad person in the school. These people are, uh, uh, their backs are against the wall. And look at that whole room of insurrectionists. Yeah. You know? Oh, my goodness. White supremacists, you know. Right. So, you know, um, I, I'm very excited that these people are finally standing up 
because uh, we can't let this country be taken over by uh, people who are crazy, Marxists. This is social engineering. Um, is definitely by design from people at the top in the Department of Education, the teachers' unions. Uh, people have to rise up and take the schools away. I, my wife and I spent 65 years of, of tuition in our lives so far for our children alone. 65 years of tuition. We spent many hundreds of thousands of dollars. I hid my kids in Catholic school, and I thank God every day. And I'm not against public school, but these kids are being brainwashed, and we don't know what's going on. And I have family with public school teachers, and they tell me what goes on in the teacher's lounge. And they have to keep their mouth shut, or they're like under assault for the whole year if they're a MAGA person, you know. So I'm, I'm very happy about what's going on. Yeah. You don't even have to be a MAGA person. Just somebody with common sense saying, yeah, maybe we shouldn't be uh, teaching kids at a very young age to hate each other simply because of the color of their skin. Maybe, maybe that would be bad. How about we stick to ABCs, one, two, three. You know, maybe a little long division thrown in there when they get a little bit older. But let's stay away from getting them to hate each other and then turning them against their parents, because uh, that's not what your job is. And I'm against cell phones in schools, but you know what? It might be the greatest thing ever, because now people, these kids yeah, are they're showing stuff. what these uh, twisted evil, maniacal, some of them, teachers are doing. So my wife's a teacher. I'm not knocking all teachers, but there's definitely uh, a lot of bad things going on. Buffalo, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C. have all adopted the 1619 Project, revising our history, telling us that this country was built on the backs of slaves and ignore the founding fathers. So Yeah. And you know what? It's more of that that we're going to be covering as the show goes on and in the coming weeks as well. But right now, uh, speaking of the uh, national anthem, seems like an Islander game broke out in that uh, school board meeting there, Rick. Yeah, it looks like it, right, with the Islander fans singing along for the national anthem in the Nassau Coliseum there. Well, right now, game six out on Long Island with the uh, Tampa Lightning leading the series 3-2. Score is 0-0. Just over five minutes into the first period, we'll have reports on that game, as well as the Bucks and Hawks switching to the NBA players. Game one of the Eastern Conference Finals from Fiserv Forum in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's an 8.30 tip. And again, I'll have a report on that as well this evening. And I got a quick story from the Kansas City Star on a goalkeeper at the European Championships. Accidentally scored a goal against himself. This is from Pete Grathoff. (laughs) Yeah, I don't have the clip, obviously. But it was uh, Martin Dubraka. Dubraka scoring a stunningly bad but funny own goal Wednesday in Slovakia's game against Spain at the 2020 Euro Championships. It happened in the first half after Spain's Pablo Sarabia unleashed a blistering shot that hit the crossbar. It popped up, and when the goalie went to jump up, he wanted to bang it over the net. Unfortunately, he didn't get enough height on his jump, banged it right into his goal. Something oh. you don't normally see, and unfortunately, they went on to lose. Slovakia lost the game one nothing to oh. Spain, so tough, tough, <laughs> tough loss, and uh, that's the way it goes. And also, Poland's uh, Lewanski, uh, Robert Lewanski, somehow hit the crossbar uh, with two headers from close range and did not score, and they lost that game one nothing as well. So some hard luck for uh, the European teams today, All and right. we'll have more in sports in the next segment. All right. Well, thank you for that. Sorry for the condensed sports there, Rick. We got no off on a tangent. Uh, but again, we've got coming up at 8.30, just a few minutes away. Don't go anywhere. Curtis Lewa, legendary New Yorker and founder of the Guardian Angels, uh, You know, b- big influence in New York City to help clean things up. Uh, crime and keeping people safe throughout the many, many decades in New York City. He's running for mayor. He's coming up in just a little bit. We'll take a quick break. When we come back. We'll be live with him. Again, live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. We appreciate you joining us tonight. It's a Wednesday night. See you in a few. Two and two.
Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Thank you for joining us on a Wednesday night. Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240, Samsung TV Plus Channel 1029, the Roku Channel. You find us anywhere, everywhere. Follow us, uh, tell your friends, share clips from the show. You can find it at the Facebook page, Live LFS6B on Facebook. And, of course, we appreciate taking the time and uh, joining us. Curtis Lee was supposed to join us. We're having some technical difficulty. But before we get to him, let's do this. Uh, I guess Joe Biden, they let him out today, David. Um, yeah, and unfortunately. He, he wandered in front of a microphone. <laughs> and he, yeah, <laughs> nobody could understand what he was saying. So. All right. So let's, uh, I think we've got a crazy town dedicated to Joe Biden today. Let's go to that G. All right, here he comes. There is no, uh, one, uh, one answer fits everything. <clears throat> and, uh, crime is historically rises during the summer. And as we emerge from this pandemic, with the country opening back up again, the traditional summer, summer spike may be more pronounced than it usually would be. I've been at this a long time. No one needs to have a weapon that can fire over 30, 40, 50, even up to 100 rounds. Yes, they do. Unless you think the deer are wearing Kevlar vests. It's not for deer. The Second Amendment from the day it was passed limited the type of people who could own a gun and what type of weapon you could own. Really? You couldn't buy a cannon. Those who say the blood of the the blood of patriots, you know, Where's it written? all the stuff about how we're going to have to move against the government. Never been. If you wanted to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. F-15. If you willfully fail to cooperate with the tracing requests or inspections, my message to you is this. We'll find you and we will seek your license to sell guns. Police Chief Murray of the Baltimore, uh, uh, excuse me, Police Chief Merritt, Police Chief (laughs) Murphy. Now the gun lobby wants you to believe that cities that are the toughest gun, had the toughest gun laws, still have the highest rates of gun violence. As was pointed out by the group we had today in our roundtable, the the violence is, so they argue, why do you need those gun laws if they don't work in cities that have tough laws? Don't believe it. Here's the truth. Mayors have the power to help shape and enforce the laws in their cities, but they can't control the laws in neighboring cities and states, even though the gun legally bought there is often ends up in their streets. We discussed historic funding. We discussed historic funding for states. Here's another example that reminds me of the old saying my mom used to use. She say, an idle mind is a devil's workshop. Cognitive behavioral therapy. That means Congress passing sensible gun prevention, violence prevention initiatives is worried. It makes sense. Vice President Harris and I also, and our entire administration, will continue taking action where we can. We're not changing the Constitution. We're enforcing it, being reasonable. Like I said before, what do you think? The deer wearing Kevlar vest? But the bad news for you all is I'm coming back. <laughs> was he telling that to his wife? The bad news now, honey, I'm coming back. Uh-oh. Oh. What an idiot. What a 
Well, this is another attempt to criminalize legal gun owners. Right. And uh, legal gun owners aren't out in the streets killing people. No. And uh, we know and, we know the truth. Right? And the fact that he thinks that, well, you know, uh, cities are the toughest gun laws. Uh, they get the crimes. They, they, the guns, they, go, they go to the next town, and then they buy them, and they bring them back, and it makes it legal. Uh, no, Joe, you dummy. Uh, Gangbangers do not go to uh, a Bass Pro Shop to go to to go shopping for their weapons just so they can drive them back to Illinois and shoot up Chicago. That's not the way it works. Um, Chances are they're being brought right into the city and they're illegal to begin with. They probably have the numbers scraped off. They've probably been used in other crimes. Um, Is this? Does anybody truly believe this moron? Listen, guns don't kill people. People kill people. Um, If these blue cities didn't have blue police commissioners and blue mayors and blue governors, um, then they would be tough on crime. Murder rates went down under Giuliani with the stop and frisk. They went down with the broken windows campaign. If you jump in a turnstile, chances are you wanted for a warrant or you got a weapon on you. And unless we start enforcing that... Crime way in the subway in New York's up 180%. Murders are up 60% in 15 months. Yep. Um, shootings are up 80% a year. Um, this could all be prevented. Yeah, it, it, it is all preventable. It's already been shown, like you mentioned, with the broken windows policy that uh, Rudy Giuliani incorporated in the early 90s during his first term. It turned around New York City. I remember growing up in New York City, and it was the scariest thing. Yeah. To, to be like, oh, man, you're going to go to the city. Times Square was a nightmare. Yeah. Just a scary place to be. They turned it into freaking Disneyland with every major company having, you know, the bright lights and the big uh, the big uh, TVs. And, and you can shop there and they close it off. Now you can walk this. And now it's turning back into uh, basically a war zone once again under the direction and purposely, I might add, probably of uh, of the current mayor. It, it is purposeful. My kids live in the Upper West Side in Chelsea. They won't go near Midtown. Uh, four women were slashed on the subway the other day. An innocent father of three was murdered after a guy was let out on $10,000 bail when it should have been $90,000. Uh, killed a father on the street. Um, this is by design what's going on. And, you know, Giuliani really quick did two things. He let the police do their job, and he gave federal loan guarantees to builders to take risks to go to Harlem, Mermaid Avenue, and Coney Island, Bushwick. They turned around the city single-handedly. There's no leadership. I think Curtis can do it. Yeah, and again, he's running for mayor. Uh, Joe Biden was actually asked about this. Cut number one, G. He was asked about, well, what you know can the government do to change a criminal's mindset? Check this out. Mr. President, what do you feel is the most effective thing that government can do to change the mindset of those who feel compelled to pull the triggers of this? Listen to this. By being engaged in a whole range of programs we talked today, everything from mental health programs to engaging people early on and letting them know there's other options. Making sure that when a child is young, they have access to real education. They get started off on the right foot making sure that when someone gets out of prison, they're not denied public housing. They don't have to go back under the bridge where they're living before. Yeah, that they're able they, to they get the help bridges. for health care, et cetera. And re-engaging them in the neighborhood, giving them some hope, some opportunity. And in the meantime, um, making sure that those folks who are taking advantage of them by taking advantage of their, their, their situation are, in fact, held accountable. Ugh. 
Yes, thank you for blowing him up because, he, <laughs> he, he, oh, we want to engage them. Engage them. If they engage you, they're robbing you. That's the only time you're going to be engaged by some of these people. It's as simple as that. Either that or we've seen the video clips all over the place of people being assaulted for no reason. That's how they engage you. So, you know, David brought up a great point. You know, one guy let out on $10,000 bail when it should have been nine to ten times higher than that. You know, that's what helps prevent crime by keeping the criminals off the street once you once you catch them. Yeah. You know, Rick, uh, the saddest part is that um, the black community, you know, blacks and Hispanics commit 91 percent of the murders in New York City. And their community, it's murdering each other. Right. And these kids do not have a snowball's chance in heck to get out of that situation. They're not in school. Their parents aren't parenting. 77% of the fathers are not in the home. There's an 80% divorce rate. You know, BLM should be focusing on that. Family values, cleaning up the streets, people, you know, pr- protecting people, you know. And, and the message is the exact opposite. It's like, go out and do whatever you want. Your right. ancestors were treated badly, so you could do whatever you want. There's no common sense. And um, I don't know who can who can turn the city around. You know, Eric Adams is law enforcement is a Democrat. Um, but I think Curtis has some charisma to pull the community together. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and you know what? When, when you talk about the the communities that, that you mentioned, you know, the black and Hispanic communities that are killing each other, um, they're the first ones to say we do need more police. We heard it from uh, Rudy Giuliani right here on this show a few months back. They were the he talked to the moms and and you know the family members and like no we want we need more police because that keeps the the bad element it keeps the good kids from getting mixed in to that bad element because there are a lot of kids that you know what you see them you you see the ones that fight through it and they're able to pull themselves out. We played a clip last week of the gentleman who you know grew up uh, without his parents and you know he was fighting against the uh, he was speaking out against the critical race theory um and he talked about how you know nobody was holding him back and he fought it through and he was you know he's now a doctor now he's now he's you know he got two degrees and he he's the type of person that they need you know um influence from People like that. People like, I don't know if you're familiar with the speaker. Uh, his name is Eric Thomas. E.T. Um, you know, he, he basically used to eat out of garbage cans. These, now, guys, these guys are awesome. Yeah. Uh, I love uh, Pete Sherrill. He was a Democrat for 40 years and changed to Republican. He lives up in Harlem in the New York City area. And um, I have Vince Everett Ellison on my show a couple of times. You know, he grew up a sharecropper, poor family, did five years in prison, turned his life around. And he wrote a book called The Iron Triangle, how the Democratic clergy and the Democratic civics and the DNC have have a chokehold on the black vote and he says they're being kept on the plantation he wants blacks to defect and 20 percent of black males voted for trump in the last election which is a huge sea change there's some hope on the horizon there's a big anti-woke movement going on in the black community you know what and i think that number was actually closer to 40 percent. and here's why i think that and we don't know if we'll ever find out it, it's my little strange head um <laughs> but i think because of all the all the um what do you call it the fraud that we saw, if you if you eliminate the fraud and go just with the pure numbers, hopefully they can figure that out. I think you're going to see that number actually be a lot larger. Well, in Philly, I remember Romney in 2012, there were like three districts in Philadelphia where not one single vote went for Mitt Romney. So fraud <laughs> isn't a new thing, yeah. you know. So, uh, yeah, it's probably more. Hey, speaking of uh, speaking of crime and, and stuff, uh, Jen Psaki was asked about summer jobs because, you know, that's going to that's going to change a criminal's mind. Uh, gee, let's go with clip two. 
And then just one about the crime today. I, you mentioned expanding the crime a, prevention a crime rollout. Prevention, yes, <laughs> uh, crime. Um, but there is a lot of crime in big cities. Uh, how do you reduce much of it caused by gun violence? Would you agree? Yes. So how do you ex uh, how do you reduce gun violence by expanding employment opportunities, including summer jobs for young people? Well, first, there's several components of this proposal. One of them is an initial set of actions on gun violence, uh, or an additional set, I should say, of steps on gun violence, which the president feels are important to get guns off the streets, make sure they are not in the hands of people illegally, uh, many of whom are uh, playing a role in violent crime across the country. That's part of his objective. He also wants to provide, uh, as we've seen, has been effective in communities across the country, incentives and alternatives for young people and communities uh, where that has shown to be an effective step. So is the thought there basically that somebody, some criminal who has been committing crimes with limited interruption or interference from police for the last couple of weeks or months is going to stop this easy life of crime if they have a summer job? Well, I think the president believes that we shouldn't and we shouldn't allow access to guns to those criminals who are currently illegally buying them from some dealers across the country. And part of his announcement is taking steps to do exactly that. But part of his announcement is also ensuring there's specific guidance to uh, communities across the country to ensure that they have funding to get more community police around the country. Something that was supported by the American Jobs Plan uh, that was supported that was voted into law by Democrats just a couple of months ago. Some might say that the other party was for defunding the police. I'll let others say that, but that's a piece. <laughs> there it is. Now, now they're trying to rewrite history. There it is. Oh, the other party wants to, uh, you know, we're all about police now. It's amazing. <laughs> can't write it. <laughs> you can't make it up. It actually has to happen for something as crazy and as stupid to be said. But, you know, Jen Psaki never lets us down when it comes to dumb and stupid. Um, all right, got to go to break. we got to... Uh, we got to do sports with Slick Rick and see what's going on in that Islander game. See if Paul's going to be happy or sad tomorrow. Not happy right now. <laughs> we'll be back after this right here. Real America's Voice. All right, live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice on a Wednesday night. David Zier sitting in for Paul Nolan doing the news tonight. If you've never seen David's show, Breaking Point, it debuts every Saturday morning at 8 a.m., and it runs different times throughout the weekend, right? Yeah, there's several times over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, um, but we got so many exciting events. I'm going to Dallas CPAC. It's like a mini CPAC. All the best speakers will be there, Trump Jr., everybody. And then maybe Turning Point USA the week after in Tampa. Uh, Rav has the best coverage nationwide on all these great conservative, freedom-oriented events to reopen our country. Um, you know, get us back on track, fight the blue state lockdowns. Uh, so we're excited. Yeah. And, uh, of course, we'll probably see you on those things when, <laughs> yes. when we take the feeds and see what's going on at yes. some of these so, events. Yeah, we, you know what? Every time uh, we're at CPAC and everything, we do the best interviews. We have great coverage. Uh, it's very exciting. It's grassroots. We get And people come from all over the country. These are the flyover people. Right. They get ignored and made fun of by the left. And they're the families. They're the small business owners. They're the 30 million people who open the gates for their crews in the morning. Yep. We're fighting for them. And uh, that's our message. All right. Well, we'll, we'll be doing more with David throughout the uh, rest of the show with more news right now, though. It's time for sports with Slick Rick Amirati. Rick, what is going on at the barn on Long Island?
Well, at the barn right now, the Islanders trail Tampa 1-0. Tampa struck first blood with a Braden Point goal at 16-02 of the first period. I believe that's the eighth or ninth consecutive game in which uh, Braden Point has uh, got a point. So he's really just scoring like unbelievable. So uh, 1-0, not looking good for the Islanders uh, with about two minutes to go. And let me ask you this. When was the last time the Islanders scored a goal? Well... Let's see. Last 1985. They didn't score on Tuesday. That means the last time they scored would have been Sunday. Sunday when they went up 3 nothing. Yes, that's right. Actually, so Saturday, now, yeah, Saturday night when they went up 3 nothing. Right. So the second period of Saturday night, they still haven't scored since then. No. And actually, Tampa came back, made it 3-2, and the Islanders, by the hair on their chinny-chin-chin, held them off. So, yeah, so Islanders now have been blanked for about almost five periods, right? 11 nothing. Yeah. Ooh, that's not, not good. good. Oh, All right. Good. Well, sorry sorry to, to rain those facts on you. No worries. Uh, what no worries. else is going on? Uh, and uh, NBA playoffs, game one, Eastern Conference Finals, just underway. First quarter, Hawks lead by one, 16-15 over the Bucks. Long way to go, as we know, in NBA. Usually you tune in those last two minutes, you get the whole game. Uh, switching gears, we're going to go over to Major League Baseball. A couple of finals from the matinee games earlier today. White Sox over the Pirates, 4-3. Dylan Cease with the win for the White Sox. Uh, Nationals, 13-12 to over the Phillies. Real pitches duel. Uh, final there. Tanner Rainey with the win. Uh, Tigers over the Cardinals, 6-2. to two. Matt Manning with the win for the Tigers. And Brewers over the Diamondbacks, 3-2. Brandon Woodruff with the win there. Uh, Giants and Angels right now 6-2 to two in the top of the 13th. Looks like the Giants are going to take that one. Uh, Rockies 5-2 over the Mariners. Also a final earlier today. German Marquez with the uh, win there for the Rockies. Royals and Yankees tied at 2 in the Bronx. That's in the bottom of the 5th. Astros 7 nothing over the Orioles. Top of the 5th. Bottom, actually top of the fifth as well. Blue Jays 3-0 over the Marlins. Bottom third, Mets lead. The Braves 5-0 out at City Field. Rays 5-1 over the Red Sox. That's in the bottom of the fourth. Rangers and Athletics tied 0-0, top of the third. One other game, Dodgers out in San Diego. That's a 10-10 first pitch. And speaking of the NBA, NBA Western Conference final last night. Great game in Phoenix. Got to cover this. Suns beat the Clippers on the last second. DeAndre Ayton out. Uh, Alley-oop. It was unbelievable. This is from Larry Brown of Larry Brown Sports. Phoenix Suns improbable beat the L.A. Clippers 104-103 in Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals last night on a buzzer-beating alley-oop. The Suns were down 103-102 and had the ball under the basket with 0.9 seconds left. Phoenix used a perfect inbounds play to throw a pass from Jay Crowder to DeAndre Ayton for an alley-oop. Just incredible. However, game wasn't over. The L.A. Clippers were able to get the ball all the way down to Paul George, who was able to fire a shot that hit the front of the rim. It would have been a three-pointer that would have won the game. Just exciting, exciting stuff. But the real exciting thing is for our Phoenix fans, and I have a number of them that follow on LFS6P and my Twitter, uh, they're very happy because they're up two games to zero. But as I tell you, the NBA playoffs never start until somebody wins in somebody else's home court. So we'll see what the L.A. Clippers have to say uh, when it gets to L.A. tomorrow night. Yeah, well, I'm thinking Suns and four because they just they just look like they've got it all, even without Chris Paul on the floor. Without CP3, their best they, player, <laughs> they're they're winning. They're 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 taking it to them. They're bouncing back because they had to lead the most of the game, and then the Clippers came back, and then they lost the game. Yeah, Clippers lost the game, and, and I guess it was Paul George missed some key free throws. Yes, he did. He and actually I've, missed two free throws with just a few seconds, Rick. You're right. And I've yelled at my 
basketball guys about missing free throws. Those are game winners. <laughs> and that proved it right there last night. Those could have been game winners. Anyhow, keep going. Exactly. So they headed to intermission on the Long on Long Island with Tampa leading one nothing. But good news for the Islanders. <laughs> Lou Lamorello, well, Lou Lamorello, 78, honored as NHL's general manager of the year after another stellar season for New York Islanders. This is an ESPN News Services report. New York, Lou Lamorello of the New York Islanders has won the Jim Gregory General Manager of the Year Award for the second straight year, adding yet another keepsake to a stellar career. The NHL announced Tuesday night that Lamorello finished ahead of fellow finalists Mark Bergevin of the Montreal Canadiens and Bill Zito of the Florida Panthers. Lamorello's Islanders are in the semifinals of the Stanley Cup playoffs for the second straight year, bolstered by the trade deadline acquisitions of Kyle Palmieri and Travis Sajak. Uh, the 78-year-old Lamorello in his third season in charge of the Islanders, following three years with the Maple Leafs, is the first First two-time award winner of this of the of that GM of the Year award that was first handed out in 2010. So good for the Islanders. We'll keep an eye on that game, Rick. I'll let you know what the score is. But right now, one nothing. First intermission, heading into the second. All That's right. a wrap. All right. Well, thanks for that wrap. Hey, um, we'll we'll do more sports in a little bit. We'll get the update on that game. But I know that David, you were talking about something you saw earlier today involving uh, one of our favorite representatives out of Florida, Mr. Matt Gates taking on defense, uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. What was that all about? Well, uh, it was really great because he was grilling uh, the de- defense secretary. You know, um, it's really disgusting what's going on, and uh, it's shameful. They're using the military. They're training SOCOM and Special Forces troops to teach them that Oath Keepers uh, are the enemy. And these guys are retired cops, retired EMTs, you know, retired firemen. And the Oath Keepers, if you remember, in 2007, filled up stadiums, you know, to honor their marriages and love one another and stuff. These guys are not the enemy of the United States. And the three percenters are not the enemy of the United States. All right, a couple of bad apples, right? But it's, it's a myth that this country is being taken over or being targeted by white supremacists. It's disgusting what the military has turned into. I'm very upset about it. This defense secretary had ridiculous, vague answers when Matt Gates was accusing him of leading a military that is like falsely accusing people of being white supremacists, basically. Yeah, and we have a clip of that. Cut 11, G. Let's go to that real quick. And in my more recent discussions with those officers, the number one issue that they raised to me with concern, often unable to speak publicly for fear of the type of retribution that Lieutenant Colonel Lohmeyer faced, they say that your stand down regarding extremism did not help our military, it hurt the military. And I, I wanna share with you that perspective. Wow. They're making uh, Trump supporters into enemies of the United States, and this is the whole goal. The defense secretary was 100% lying. And then I think, I don't know if we have the clip, but General Milley's you know, comments were despicable. Um, He's saying that, you know, he wants to understand white rage, this white general in the military. Can, can we play a little bit? Uh, a little bit it's just such BS. The, uh... On the issue of critical race theory, et cetera, I'll, I'll obviously have to get much smarter on whatever the theory is. Um, but I do think it's important, actually, uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. And the United States Military Academy is a university. Uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage. Whatever. And I'm white. And I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building 
and try to overturn the Constitution <laughs> of the United States of America. What caused that? I think it was. I the want to end. find no, that right. out. I want <laughs> yeah, to maintain an open boiling. mind here, and I do want to analyze it. It's important that we understand that because our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and Guardians—they come from the American people. Yeah, and that's just a clip of uh, some of what General Milley was trying to. I guess he was just trying to defend. It's it's completely CRT. disgusting and a shame to our military. Yeah. We'll, we'll have more of that next hour, of course. First hour in the books. Real America's Voice here with live on Studio 6B. David Zier sitting in. He's going to be with us for the whole next hour as well, handling news and more. Slick Rick with more sports. And, of course, we've got more for you. Another crazy town coming up, too, from Jen Psaki. Stay there. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240, Samsung TV Plus 1029 is the channel. If you've got a Samsung device, whether it be one of the big screen TVs, I think we have like three. Um, yeah, you can find us on there. You can find us on any Samsung device, as a matter of fact, and the Roku channel. We're actually on the Roku channel itself if you do have Roku, so check that out. Uh, David Zier sitting in for Paul Nolan tonight, handling news for us. How you doing, David? Great, great. Fired All right, that's up. enough out of you. Um, no, just kidding. <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> Slick Rick Amarati's doing sports. How you doing, Rick? All right, Rick. Doing great tonight. David's a great fill-in for Damon, actually, with that fire he's bringing to the table. Good stuff. I'm, I'm a little larger. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Not much. It's you're, fire like and brimstone. you're like a better-dressed Damon. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know what? It's substance over style, so. <laughs> hey, Rick, you said one. that. <laughs> 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 Anyhow, so we've got, uh, you know, we've been covering a bunch of things. One thing we did cover the other day, and I don't know if you saw this yourself, David. You probably heard the stories uh, of the the uh, reporter down at a Houston. Uh, Ivory Hecker was her name. Yes. She decided in the middle of a report to say that she's going to Project Veritas. Uh, that was a couple weeks ago. She subsequently got fired for that. Yes. Um, but pointing out what was going on at that particular Fox station, Fox affiliate. And then just the other day, another woman, April Moss. I love these, these news these news people's names. Yes. April Moss, Ivory Hecker. Yeah, her real name, Shari Rosenbaum. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, so April Moss, the other day, she she was actually she was actually a weather person. Now the other uh, Ivory had did it in the midst of a story about weather. She's not the the normal weather person. But this one, April Moss, she's an actual weather weather person. Like she's on the she's you know I guess she does the whole you know pointing at the screen kind of thing. Um, but in the middle of her report, she decided she was announcing that she too was going to be going to Project Veritas, and and we actually have that clip, the original clip. Uh, gee, let's go to that. That's cut number sixteen. Today we saw temperatures above normal again, topping out at eighty-five degrees at Metro Airport. Plenty of sunshine today, but all it. good things must come to an end, and that starts as early as tomorrow morning with showers moving in around eight a.m. And speaking of a brand new week, I will be sitting down this week with Project Veritas 
Jobs to discuss the discrimination that CBS is enforcing upon its employees. Tune in to Project Veritas for my full story. Now, later Monday, we will see those and showers right back continuing through late morning. <laughs> she's good. She's Just good. A, she's a consummate pro. Yeah. You know, she doesn't miss a beat. She's, she's, she's doing the weather. She cuts in with a little promo, goes right back to the weather. I have friends who work inside like a Fox studio. I'm not going to say where. I don't want to get her fired. Uh, but she tells me about the discrimination. You know, God forbid you wear a MAGA hat, you're done. And, uh, wow. you know, people don't agree with the COVID testing. They don't agree with the mask requirements. Uh, there's been proof from the beginning. That was just a study in University of Louisville that said the mask did nothing to decrease rates of infection in the most infected areas. That they did absolutely nothing. You know, and then um, since uh, Cleveland Clinic, most respected hospital system in the world, basically yeah, said that don't yep. get the vaccine if you had COVID. So, like, you know, these people are being forced to do things and there's policies in these companies and they feel they're being discriminated against and they have no rights. So, you know, I don't blame her for coming out. Yeah. And then, of course, it was the hospital out of Houston that forced uh, 100 plus employees to quit if they didn't take the vaccine. So right. subsequently now they're 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 suing, which is good. So we'll have to see how that turns out. But so then April Moss getting back to April, um, she decided, you know, as, as she made the claim there, she was going on to Project Veritas and the video was released today. We have some clips out of that. And uh, let's start with um, I want to say let's go to clip 19. Gee, this is April talking about being segregated at work and why she did what she did. Many people in your position would probably have just resigned or done something else. You chose to come to Project Veritas. Yeah. This issue is not just about me. I'm watching the, our whole nation suffer because they're put underneath these policies that are enacted by corporations. And this is a human rights issue. And every American and every person on earth has the right to breathe fresh air. And to segregate somebody is completely inhumane. So it's that segregation of the employees at CBS yeah. that is what you are speaking up against. Right. And as an on-air personality, it's very obvious to the viewers, wow, she's never in the studio. She's always at her house working People from home. know, based upon the fact that you're home, yeah. what you're your vaccine status might be. And everybody at work, oh, wow, April's not allowed in the building. And that could be construed because... as a medical information about you. Right. It's an unfortunate thing, James, but it's not just happening to me. It's happening all across the world. And I really felt like I had gone through all of the correct channels within our organization to try to amend this to no avail. Can you tell So there you have it. What, what, what basically, you know, led her down that road to make that announcement during her weather report and led her to that seat right there where now she's talking to Project Veritas and it's uh, it's getting out about how and what they're doing at the station. And, and what's amazing is that, you know, this is about a 20-minute video if you want to go there and check it out yourself. Um, but there's also a clip there where she records a call from her boss who she reveres. She 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 still, you know, has a lot of a lot of personal respect for her boss. That's cut 17. Check out what happens when he calls. I have a phone call here from this man who called you today. And Chuck. uh Yeah. Why would you do that? You know, basically, that's the most selfish thing I've ever seen in all in 36 years working there without even a close second. Because you don't give a crap about anybody else, you know, and, and, and like if you get terminated, which you might, 
And then the burden is going to place on other people. You couldn't care less. It's just all about April Moss. I mean, I'm going to recommend that you get terminated. I'm going to recommend that. I'm not going to stand up for you. Because that was as blatant as, 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 as anything I've ever seen. I was hoping there would be there would be a change. No, because not gonna, the only change is going to be, you know, on our weekend weather person. That's the only change. Oof. It's hard. You know, it's hard to hear that um, because I, I never would intentionally try to hurt somebody. Anybody who knows me knows that. Um, and I really do like my boss. I think he's one of the best. This man right here. I do. Yeah. So as you can tell, she's, she's kind of affected by his call and, you know, and, and she sees him, I guess, as a mentor type. Like she said, he, he, I watched part of the other where, she, you know, this guy's fought for her for a bunch of stuff in the past. And, you know, so to her, that was a big, uh, a big kind of a body blow. Well, unfortunately, uh, he's scared of uh, liability for liability reasons, and he's a coward. And I commend her for standing up. And, you know, it's really great, the people that wear the mask still, because at least I know who voted for Biden. <laughs> um, but I got to tell you, um, I love James O'Keefe. I spent a lot of time around James uh, for his book launch and interviews at CPAC. And like, there's like 10 important people in this country. You know, it's like John Solomon from Just the News here at RAV. Um, you've got uh, Tom Fitton from Judicial Watch. Yep. You've got Sarah Carter. You've got all these great people. And James O'Keefe is a hero to the United States for exposing this because this is what's going on in corporate America, in the mainstream media. Uh, and God bless him. I got to say, I'm a big, big fan. Yeah. And, and again, you know, going on there has got to be a big step, especially for someone like her. She doesn't know. Okay. Well, obviously she's, she's lost that job. Um, yeah. But, you know, she was standing up for what she believed in and didn't think it was right for what they were doing. So you have no rights. You know, people go, people were singing at the national anthem at the Islander game and everybody was like, oh, our country's back. They're patriotic again, but they sold their rights. Their civil rights, their constitutional rights away when they had to prove a vaccination to attend the game. So they yep. sign their freedoms away and then go and sing the national anthem. And that's <laughs> the point. So it's upsetting to me, um, you know, and listen, I'm not a big anti-vaxxer, um, but they're dangerous. Um, I did it. I have to go to Europe. My, my father died at 53 from diabetes, but I got to tell you, I'm sick as a dog and I'm not going to tell you which uh, vaccine I got. <laughs> I've never felt worse in my life for two months. Um, I think it's poisonous in some cases, but listen, um, these people should be able to go about their business. Um, so Japan, 127 million people, 20 times less death rate than the United States and only 4% of their population is vaccinated. Only 5% of the world population is vaccinated and COVID's going away everywhere. Yeah. So the vaccination is not responsible for COVID disappearing. It's helped, but it's not responsible for it. So if we beat it without getting vaccinated, why are we having to shove down our throat? Yeah, that's a great point. But I'm you, not bitter. And, and you know what? What struck me about uh, Chuck Davis—that was her boss—that had called into her and that she recorded—is that he he made it seem like it was all about her. It's all about April Moss and what this is going to mean, how this is going to inconvenience other people. At that station. Oh, somebody else is going to have to fill the spot there, Chuck? Is that your problem, trying to schedule somebody else to pick up a couple shifts on the weekend? That's your big issue? Oh, and how it'll affect other people? How about it affects everyone? As David was saying, this affects everyone. If the vaccines work, what are they worried about if she's not vaccinated? Hey, you know, if, if, like, the mass the work, if the masks yeah. work, we wouldn't need vaccines. Yeah. And we know they Think don't. Think about that.
Anyhow, we got one more clip. Uh, this is uh, April Moss again. She is from the CBS affiliate. Um, talking about the, oh, talking about fake news, which Project Veritas has helped expose, especially in this instant. Uh, this is clip number 18. G. I just think that it's a shame because over the last couple of months, I've seen personally that there have been stories that CBS has run that were proven to be fake. I'm watching our whole country get frustrated with journalism today and, and the media today because they're seeing that this is not, it's not truth what they're always putting out. We have one of those stories that Project Veritas actually witnessed here in Michigan. You're at one of your affiliates here. This is great. Check out this fake This was B-roll for a, this was not a real COVID testing site. You're telling me you're 100% certain that CBS News, CBS News Corporation, National, staged a fake event. They faked the news. They faked the reality and broadcasted that to all of their audience last Friday on CBS This Morning. 100%, absolutely. Apparently, the news crew wanted more people in the line because they knew it was scheduled. Well, we knew they were, they were coming. We had no clue that we were going to have to, like, they also can't expand testing because of recent staffing cuts. Cherry Health has laid off about 25% of our staff. Wow. And at a time like this. Exactly. The governor says she may further open the economy region by region if the data shows it's safe. Now, putting Michigan back to work won't make up for the roughly $3 billion the state estimates it'll lose because of the pandemic. It always seems to get go back to the testing. Thank you very much. That was Adriana Diaz reporting. They were yes. staging the news, and you're telling really everyone right now that these sorts of events and the events that you've seen have encouraged you to go public as opposed to simply resigning. Yeah, uh, there you have it. So uh, I think President Trump said it best when he said, you are fake news. And it's not the first time the media no. staged events. They no. staged terrorist attacks scenes, you know, they, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, NBC blowing up a truck. Yeah. I remember that one. Unbelievable. Right, I'm showing my age. But... <laughs> no, you're young, you're spry. All right, we got more coming up on the show. We've got more sports. We'll do a little check-in with Rick Amorati coming up right after this break. Keep it there, live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Stay there. from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. We appreciate you joining us here on a Tuesday, no, Wednesday night. See, I'm losing track of days. Man, oh man, there's so much uh, so much news breaking. Uh, <laughs> during the break, David was informing me of some some crazy stuff. We'll talk about that in just a little bit <laughs> uh, because we were, we were discussing off air the John McAfee death. If, if you don't know who he is or what's going on with that, we'll fill that in in just a few minutes. But first, let's check in with Rick Amorati, Slick Rick Sports. What do you got? 
All right, Rick, NBA playoffs, game one, with about four minutes to go in the second quarter out in Milwaukee. The Hawks right now lead the Bucks 46-45, and Atlanta's Trey Young leads all scorers with 20. Boy, that young man is really coming into his own, and Atlanta's got, as a fifth seed, has really gotten far and deep into the playoffs. Here they yeah. are in the Eastern Conference Finals, so uh, really good game down there. And they, uh, they remind me of the Miami Heat of last year. Yeah, right. Real good upstart team. Unbelievable. And uh, let's go out to the island. It's uh, just about five minutes gone in the second period. Lightning continue to lead the Islanders. one nothing. And uh, Braden Point for Tampa Bay, the forward, he has scored goals in nine straight games. So the Islanders better get the point and cover that guy because yeah, no he's kid. killing them right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll have an update later on that. A couple of Major League Baseball games still in action right now. Yankees and Royals tied at two in the Bronx, bottom of the sixth. Uh, Astros right now leading the Orioles 12 to nothing in the top of the eighth. Pitches game there. Uh, Blue Jays 3 nothing over the Marlins, top of the sixth. Bottom five, Mets 5-2 to two over the Braves. Uh, and bottom of the fifth also, Rays lead the Red Sox 5-1. to one, And it's 0-0 between the Athletics and the Rangers going to the bottom of the fourth inning. Vanessa Bryant settles wrongful death lawsuit against helicopter company in Kobe Bryant crash. This is from Aaron Walsh of Yard Barker reporting. Vanessa Bryant agreed to settle a wrongful death lawsuit against the helicopter company involved in the crash that killed her husband, Kobe Bryant, daughter Gianna Bryant, and seven others on January 26th of 2020, according to the AP. Uh, following the crash, Bryant and relatives of the other passengers killed filed the lawsuit against Island Express Helicopters, saying the company and pilot Ara Zabayan, uh, who also died, should have made the decision not to fly given the weather conditions. Bryant was reportedly seeking hundreds of millions of dollars in damages in the lawsuit. The settlement terms aren't clear. Uh, while the lawsuit has now been settled, Bryant still has another case ongoing. She is suing the county of L.A. after sheriff deputies took photos from the crash scene. So you have to realize, I mean, Kobe Bryant, even though he was no longer playing in the NBA, was still earning millions of dollars um, as a producer. He made a short you know, film and also, of course, his endorsements on his Kobe line. So a lot of money is lost from that family, and she was seeking those damages. So they did come to a settlement, which I guess is good for her at least to get that, you know, get that out of the way, so to speak. So, uh, yep, Kobe settled. Um, And uh, Senator Marco Rubio wants wants a waiver so ex-Navy cornerback Cameron Kinley can play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is from Jenna Lane, ESPN staff writer. Out of Tampa, Florida, David, your place to be more often than not, uh, Senator Marco Rubio penned a letter to President Joe Biden urging him to assist former Navy cornerback Cameron Kinley in delaying his commission with the Navy so he can attend training camp with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In the past, the U.S. Department of Defense has issued many waivers to allow athletes to temporarily delay their service to our nation to pursue their professional sports dreams, wrote Rubio. Unfortunately, Mr. Kinley seems to be the exception and without reason. Uh, they're asking, you know, Rubio is asking to grant Mr. McKinley's waiver to play in the NFL. Uh, however, they are getting pushback from the Navy. They want the gentleman to report. Apparently, he's very important to the Navy. You know, you can kind of debate this both ways. If you think about Roger Staubach, the great Dallas Cowboy, he was drafted in 1963. Uh, and he had to wait till 1969 to play for the Cowboys because he had to finish serving out in the Naval Academy. Right. You know, so this is a really same, good topic, same thing, guys. Same thing with David Robinson, the right. admiral. Yes. I mean, you know, but, but you have to say, you know, you sign up for this. You make this commitment to the service, you fulfill your commitment. Simple as that. You know, now, now they're trying to rewrite the rules. It's like, well, you know, you kind of signed a contract. You got. I think that's what some people are like. You know what? You got to abide by the deal. You made the deal. It was a good deal for you when you signed it. It's still a good deal. 
Exactly. You know, because what did he get out of it? Turns out he's going to be he's going to get a a pro contract after he's done serving because you know they're still going to come after him. They still want him. Yep. Exactly. So, yeah. In fact, Bruce Arians did say uh, if uh, he is scheduled to report to the Navy on June 28th, but Arians said he's welcome back if he uh, if if he gets the waiver or down the road. All right, Rick, that's a wrap in sports for this segment. I'll be back with more Islanders and uh, Bucks Hawks score. All right. Well, thank you for that, Rick. And uh, David, what's going on with some news? Uh, did, somebody, did somebody get uh, did somebody get suicided? <laughs> somebody got suicided. Uh, <laughs> just a side note. You know, Not Roger, again. <laughs> Roger Starbeck was a hero in Vietnam. He was, I think, a first air cav pilot and uh, of a UE. Uh, brave guy. Uh, brave guy. So, <clears throat> you know, we thank him for his service. Um, so John McAfee. A um, little bit of a Looney Tune, right? He ran for president. Uh, he's about cryptocurrency promotion. Uh, he's a tax opponent. Uh, did more cocaine than uh, Pablo <laughs> Escobar down in uh, <clears throat> Central America. Crazy guy, right, in a way. So he gets sent to prison in Spain. Uh, well, he had been be, on the run. He was on the run, serving in Spain, and he was going to be extradited to the U.S., <clears throat> and, and, um, and if you're not familiar with his background, uh, McAfee, he's a f- founder of McAfee. Uh, you know, when it comes to computers, McAfee Corp, it's a computer security software company head, headed out of uh, Santa Clara, California. Um, so he's one of these tech guys, made a, made a boatload of money, and I guess he just went a little nutty. Yeah, you know, uh, he kind of went off the deep end. Uh, he had, like, you know, prostitutes all over his compound. He was accused of murdering a neighbor down there. Um, I watched this incredible documentary about it. It looks like he did it, uh, but I can't say for sure. But, you know, this guy is in a long list of people who have committed suicide or were killed in prison before <laughs> extradition. And now Ed Snowden uh, is warning that Julian Assange could be next, be killed uh, before he faces extradition. I guess they're scared of them turning state's evidence here or something. Something like that yeah, and releasing you know all these secrets, right? Well, with, with Assange, I think he's, they could try to do it, but he, I, I believe he's probably got so many things already in place that if this happens, you know, break glass kind of thing, we'll, we'll, it'll start, it'll trigger some things that nobody knows are planned. So I think they have yeah. to be very careful. Well, listen, that. I'm not a big conspiracy theorist, uh, but I, they've all come true over the last year. <laughs> It's but, not so much a theory when it, when it comes true. So this is, a, he joins a long list, uh, Je- Jeffrey Epstein. Anthony Bourdain was very critical of, yeah. the, of, of, I think, the Clintons and stuff. You know, he's found dead in a closet, hanging himself. Whitey Bulger was killed in jail. Aaron Hernandez uh, committed suicide, supposedly. Um, you know, and then there was this uh, reporter recently who exposed the story of Clinton meeting with Loretta Lynch on the tarmac. He's yeah. found dead. He warned his family that if he was found dead, it wasn't a suicide. And it reminds me of a story in the early 90s. There was this reporter who was trying to expose the INS law scandal. There was software for Immigration Nationalization Service, the uh, Rose Law Firm with Hillary and Vince Foster were trying to get DOJ to accept when they moved from Arkansas to Washington. And this reporter was exposing stuff about it. He called his family the night before and he said, if I die, it's not an accident. And they found him in a tub with his uh, wrist <laughs> slit. So, listen, um, you know. People get killed in jail. Slobodan Milosevic, who's accused of genocide, you know, he's Serbian. Uh, he was found dead. So, uh, you know, who knows what happens? But listen, you're not safe in jail. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think we, we kind of we kind of assumed that once we saw what happened to Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and the video disappeared and the people lied. And, you know, so. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, when you're talking about John McAfee, um, gee, we got that picture. This is what he this is what he tattooed on his arm. You know? 
basically saying, hey, if you find me dead, I didn't suicide myself. I got whacked. <laughs> you can't. I, listen, this is stuff for a uh, um, Grisham novel so or a Tom Clancy if he came back from the dead. So um, it's just very scary. Um, you're not safe. Um, you know, I used to think I was a more, uh, you know, optimistic and hopefully, you know, Ronald Reagan said it. Uh, you know, if there's a pile of donkey do, you jump in, there's got to be a donkey in there somewhere. He was a great optimist. Lou Cannon wrote that in Reagan's biography. I read that in the 80s. But I'm um, losing faith a little bit here, you know. So. Yeah, well, you know what? It just seems uh, some things that are all too convenient. And again, some of these guys, they know that the target's on their back. And, you know, hopefully uh, they take precautions. But, you know, especially in the, in the case of Julian Assange, you would hate to see something like that happen. But if Snowden is uh, it's a wild putting story. out warnings. Yeah, it's a wild story. It's, it's interesting stuff, to say the least. <laughs> Definitely novel material. Yeah. we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we got a lot more still to try and squeeze in to this Wednesday night show. Uh, we've got a vaccine supercut. We'll talk more about vaccines again. I know, your favorite topic, David. Um, <laughs> and, of course, more sports with Slick Rick. There he is, giving us a wink. We'll be back right after this. Stay there, live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Pluto, channel 240. Dish Network, channel 219. You can find us also on Samsung TV Plus. A great, great platform if that's, uh, if that's something you're watching on. We welcome you and thank you for uh, joining us around the country. We're also on Comcast in certain cities as well as the Roku channel itself. And uh, thank you again. Live from Studio 6B. Damon is out tonight. He'll be back tomorrow holding down the fort for us tonight, of course, is David Zier sitting in for Paul Nolan handling news. And in his uh, favorite winky chair over there, uh, Rick Amorati doing sports. And any update on the holiday? I just got to know. Uh, yeah, midway through the second, it's still one nothing Tampa leading, and the Islanders are going into their sixth period, scoreless period, that is. Wow. Mm. And, but you said, I think you said they were on a power play. Yeah, they went five on three, but it looks like uh, Tampa has killed that penalty. Off. They didn't score on a five on three? No. Well, you got Do the, they this... need a five on one, maybe, yeah. they could score? Yeah. Uh, this Andrea Veselovsky <laughs> of uh, Tampa, you know, he's a Vezina Trophy winner, tough guy to score. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe he needs to, uh... no, I won't say it. Anyhow, hey, um, we were talking about vaccines before with David. He mentioned he's going to be doing some traveling. He's got a bunch of trips, you know, uh, nationally that he's going on very soon. Internationally, he's got some stuff planned. Uh, But we were talking about vaccines, and that led us to this vaccine incentive supercut. So if you haven't gotten your vaccine yet, (laughs) just think about all the great stuff that they're offering for you. We, I, I've talked, we've did a, we've did a, what even is that on this? We've been talking about this for months, but the government really, really, really wants you to get the vaccine. Check this out. We're going to continue encouraging people to get vaccinated with incentives and fun rewards. Oh, $50,000. Each one of these balls represents $50,000. He thinks it's uh, check that individuals receive when they get their second shot. I don't think I can overstate <laughs> How excited we are right now. Krispy Kreme announcing this week a free donut every day wow. this year for anyone who could show their COVID vaccination card. Oh, Did you say donut? free fries when you get vaccinated? Ugh. Um, I got vaccinated. Ugh. 
You're saying I could get this? Even just watching this guy eat makes fries. me want to punch him. Is this guy kidding me? So you get My heart man. disease and diabetes yeah. instead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A burger element to this? Uh. Any New Jerseyan who gets their first vaccine dose in the month of May and takes their vaccination card to one of the following participating breweries as proof of vaccination will receive a free beer. It's the only reason I regret waiting to get my first shot. That's all I can say. Today I'm announcing the all-in for the win vaccine lottery with $10 million in prizes. How can you get in on the action? Well, you just have to be vaccinated. We call it DE wins. Uh, Delaware wins, everybody wins when everybody gets uh, vaccinated. And so we offer gift cards when people come in to get the shot. Pot is legal in Michigan, and yes, it's free. It's one joint. Oh, but they call it a prequel <laughs> if you get a COVID vaccine. Everybody, are you going to get a shot? Yeah. Oh, here you go, take one. There you go. You got one, too. Joints for jabs, man. These people are demented. To those who haven't yet been vaccinated, please join us. I'm embarrassed to be an American right now. Farewell, my friends. I go on to a better place. (laughs) Gotcha. Oh man! As if the 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 prospect of having a, an experimental um, chemical drilled into your veins wasn't incentive enough to get vaccinated. No, no, no. We're gonna fatten you up, give you diabetes. Maybe we'll liquor you up. Here, here's a shot and a beer. Now drive home. Uh, any any number of things, even money. Here's some cash if we can dole it out for I, you. I uh, I'm very upset right now. Um, you got I, yours, I, and you didn't get anything and i didn't get any weed or shot or anything (laughs) i'm very upset uh so listen um i want one but but speaking of weed and pot and drugs yeah i know you've got a hunter biden story oh i do i have a good i have a good hunter biden (laughs) i don't want us to forget gateway pundits reporting i love the gateway pundit they're my go-to um you know so it turns out that joe biden may have accidentally paid for hunter's wild night at chateau marmont in la including twenty-five thousand to a russian hooker uh he went on a (laughs) two-day bender that's that's pretty woman money she was eight thousand dollars a hooker probably an hour uh he made a two-day uh crack smoking session and made a porno with this Russian um, <clears throat> hooker who had green eyes, a thin brunette, an elite courtesan, along with a menu of our services. So he went, he <laughs> smokes crack, they guzzle vodka and make a two-day porn. It's all on film. Um, you know, Hunter's laptop, we haven't seen anything yet. Right. I got some word on the inside about what's coming out. Okay. Um, but he went to pay her 8000 at a minimum on a debit card and it didn't work. So she <laughs> wouldn't leave until he paid her. So he calls so, the so secret n- service. Not, not, not only is he a, a, a grifting junk that's still living off dad now now even his debit card doesn't work so, so listen, what happens he calls the secret service and there's a, a code word he calls uh, celtic or celtic and uh, it was joe biden's secret service code name when he was the vice president and magically the fee gets paid so it turns out that uh and there was some admissions by the uh secret service i hear um that uh and in this article that it may have been paid by the vice president of the united states now you know, I, I got to know the Trump children over the years, and I have so much respect for them. And they're so nice, and they never leave a room without saying goodbye or hello to everybody. And they right. grew up in Czechoslovakia in the summer. They got these values and ideals. They're really wonderful family men and everything. And they've been nothing but torn apart. And we got this POS 
in this country um, whose father is a president right now who paid for his drugs and you know the Secret Service covered for him I think when he uh, dropped a pistol that was found in a dumpster by a stranger and it turns out it was Hunter Biden's he was getting rid of a pistol um, so this you can't write it you can't write it uh, our country uh, we're being misled people yeah, and it's funny too because, um, you know, when when you talk about Hunter Biden now, now the latest grift, and even coming from some of Obama's people, is this art that he's selling, <laughs> that that that's going to unnamed people. Uh, for undisclosed sums of money. So is it a conduit for under-the-table <laughs> deals, for more under-the-table financing? That's actually what the Obama guy said. Yeah. He said it, it yeah. just has that look and feel to it, and it's it's it. he's been blasting away at it. It's it's one of those things where, you know what, you can't, you, you actually have to, you can't make it up. Like, who would even think of buying a piece of Hunter Biden art? Really? I mean, seriously, it's Hunter Biden. Well, everything they do has an agenda. And I know there's more artwork on his uh, laptop, so, um, you know, so it's really uh, insane what's going on here. So. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, we got another Crazy Town. I know, gee, you worked hard on this one. We're talking about Crazy Town number one with Jen Psaki um, in the briefing room today, right? Right, G? Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure that's where it was. All right, let's go to that uh, second Crazy Town for today, courtesy of G. Oh, great. She says hello. Okay. Just a couple of items for you at the top. Uh, implements <laughs> preventative measure, measures to is to so I expect you'll we'll have more to preview as we get closer but I can tell you that what you should expect to hear from him is uh, that uh, there are many ways uh, to work across the country uh, with activists with states with legislators uh, using every lever at our disposal uh, to expand access and everybody who supports democracy, who supports equality, who supports justice, should be supporting uh, in, in improvements to our voting rights laws. His objective is to uh, take steps, steps he can do as the president of the United States. Um, uh, and if we assess that... Uh, One about the crime today. I, you mentioned expanding... The crime uh, prevention uh, rollout. prevention, yes. <laughs> so is the thought there basically that somebody, some criminal who has been committing crimes with limited interruption or interference from police for the last couple weeks or months is going to stop this easy life of crime if they have a summer job. But part of his announcement is also ensuring there's specific guidance to uh, communities across the country to ensure that they have funding to get more community police around the country, something that was supported by the American Jobs Plan uh, that was support that was voted into law by Democrats just a couple of months ago. Some might say that the other party was for defunding the police. I'll let others say that, but that's a piece. The president has been very consistent uh, in his views uh, over the course of decades. Um, this is actually a, con a continuity of his uh, leadership on these issues over the course of decades. Uh, for uh, uh, And this is just an opportunity to uh, put additional meat on the bones. Yes, we are not for a Ford F-150 tax. I'm not sure why others are. Uh, and um, I will say that 
um, um, uh, and we also assess um, uh, in terms of um, personnel um, and uh, um, and I would certainly refer defer to them on uh, any uh, additional preview they do on that front. I don't have any candidates to preview. When we're ready to announce one, we will announce one. How would you respond to that criticism? Who's saying that? A lot of uh, civil rights uh, activists and voting activists. Like who? We've spoken to several <laughs> groups and outfits. I mean, I can reach out to you with names after the briefing. Sure. Yeah. That sounds good. Okay, go ahead. As you know, the the, morator the eviction moratorium expires on June 30th, 30th, hence I think your question. We've been saying two tracks. Today is an example of two tracks actually moving forward at one time in one day. Which track is moving more smoothly right now? <laughs> They're both moving at a rapid pace. Um, 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 uh, 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 I know you said you don't want to get ahead of the CDC, <laughs> but the CDC is punting all of our questions back to you. So is there anything That's you confusing. Sorry. <laughs> I don't have anything I can uh, confirm for you from here today. Oh, okay, great. We have to gather for the event. Thanks, everyone, so much. Have a great day. See you tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> she couldn't get out of there fast enough. It's like an amateur hour. <laughs> uh, can I just make one comment on that? Of course. All right. So, you know, I had the uh, fortunate opportunity to travel with the White House Travel Press Pool at Real America's Voice for about a year and a half on the ground. And I spent a lot of time around Kaylee McEnany. Okay. And I, I had the uh, chance to interview her. Um, you want to talk about sharp as a tack, nice as pie, just amazing on her, on her feet, right? I watched her get groomed for that press secretary position. This is amateur hour with Saki. She was amateur hour when she was in the State Department with uh, Obama. Yeah. It's really, really crazy. This so, is true. Crazy yeah. town. <laughs> Indeed. Well, uh, yeah, per perfect, perfect, uh, perfect name for it. Hey, if you haven't heard, and I know we've mentioned it a few times, but President Trump has been uh, kind of ramping things up. He's going to be doing some some rallies. Well, breaking news just coming out today. He's planning a major rally on July the 3rd in Sarasota, Florida. So if you're in that area, get ready. It's the Save America rally co-sponsored by the Republican Party of Florida and marks President Trump's uh, further support of the MAGA agenda and accomplishments of his administration. There's going to be a huge fireworks show celebrating America. Of course, it's the day before um, July the 4th, so it'll be a great way to uh, ring in the Independence Weekend. If you're if you're down in the Sarasota, Florida area, or, or even even you think, you know what, I live in Georgia, but you could probably make that in a, a half a day's drive, right? Yeah, yeah it's not that far. Huh? Uh, it's about probably about seven hours or something, yeah. five, seven hours. I uh, I, I spent a lot of time around Trump this year, Mar-a-Lago. You know, you're, you're, you know so what great. I, I get from you, David? You're a name yeah. dropper. Name no, you drop. know what? <laughs> He's just so awesome. The energy, the energy is just unmatched, unparalleled. He looks like he's 50 years old. Well, People I'm, swarm to him. They yeah. just swarm. Uh, I'm jealous. That's why. Yeah, no, listen. Uh, you know, we're, we're on the ground. We're fighting. And DeSantis... Forget it. Yeah, he's you a know, rock star, too. He's rock star. Yeah. So rock it, star. It, it, it's great stuff. And, and, you know, stuff like that, I think, when you talk about how he is in person. I have a friend who spent a lot of time He's an with eagle him. eye. He's an yeah. eagle eye. Not only that, but he's just a down-to-earth guy. can really have a one-on-one. Great stuff. Uh, we got one more segment coming up. We'll do a quick hit with sports with Rick Amarati. And uh, we'll finish out this, uh, this edition of Live from Studio 6B. Right here on Real America's Voice. Thanks for tuning in. Stay there.
All right, live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Man, the show has flown by tonight with David Zier sitting in for Paul Nolan, handling the news and uh, spicing it up with some more uh, some tidbits of knowledge that he's picked up throughout his, his travels, uh, you know, covering New York and, and now the country with Real America's Voice. I always say you go south of the... South of Jersey, west of the Hudson River, you're in real America again, you know, and uh, I love flyover country. I love meeting the working class, business owners, small business people around the country. It's just, it drives me. Yeah, and, and you're going to be visiting Texas and Ohio and yeah. gosh knows where else you're going to be going. But before we uh, jump back to some news to close out the show, Rick Amorati with Slick Rick Sports. What is going on on Long Island? All right, Rick. Well, a little over a minute to go in the second period, and it's getting wild. Tampa Bay went up 2 nothing on an oh. Anthony Sorelli goal. However, Jordan Eberle for, answered for the Islanders. It is now 2-1. to one. Like I said, about a little over a minute to go. It's going to be a wild third period as the Islanders try to keep their, keep their hopes alive and even the series against the world champion Tampa Bay uh, uh, Lightning, who are just really a super team. And this could be the last game in the Coliseum if the Islanders should lose because next year they're moving to the uh, UBS Arena. So All that's right. that. As I say that, my little Islander guy just fell off the wall. So I hope that's not an <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, that's that's a, like voodoo doll. That's yes. a foreshadowing <laughs> Don't right tell there. Mr. Nolan that happened. <laughs> um, and let's go to the NBA right now. Game one, another good one. The Bucks lead the Hawks 63-58 early third quarter. Trey Young with Atlanta, 25 points. Drew Holiday, the leading scorer for the Milwaukee Bucks, with 16. And I think that's going to be a really, really good series, Rick. That might even go six or seven games uh, between the Bucks defense and Trey Young on the Hawks. That's going to be one to watch, and we'll keep an eye on that as we go through the, the rest of the week. And uh, Major League Baseball, just a couple of games wrapping up there. Uh, Giants over the Angels, 6-2. to two. The Royals and Yankees in a good one, tied at two in the bottom of the seven. Uh, Astros leading the Orioles 13 to nothing. Uh, that's uh, the top of the ninth. Just about ready to close that one out. Uh, unfortunately for the Orioles in Baltimore, uh, Blue Jays three to one over the Marlins. Bottom of the seventh. Mets lead the Braves five to three. Braves are inching closer. That's in the bottom of the sixth. Rays over the Red Sox five to one. Bottom six. And Rangers just went ahead one nothing over the Athletics. Top of the sixth. Again, Dodgers visit the San Diego Padres. That's a 10-10 first. Pitch. And speaking of the NHL, let's talk about the other big playoff game out west. The Vegas Golden Knights not panicking as Game 5 loss to Montreal Canadiens puts them on the brink of elimination. This is from Las Vegas. Marc-Andre Fleury said he doesn't think there's any panic with this team, but the Vegas Golden Knights are now facing elimination, and something is not quite right, according to Emily Kaplan of ESPN. Obviously not where we want to be, right? Fleury said after a dismal 4-1 loss at home last night to the Montreal Canadiens. But I don't no, I don't think there's any panic. We all wanted to do better tonight, and it's disappointing, but I'll put it in the past. Uh, the Vegas power play has completely fizzled, going 0 for 15 in the series. The wow. Golden Knights have only scored 11 goals over five games, and head coach Peter DeBoer said, we've got to find a way. You've got to find a way this time of year against good teams, against pressure, against attention, against a good goalie. So, again, we'll see. Vegas has been a tough team. Montreal, the surprise upstart. Nobody expected them to get this far, 
but they're doing well. But I know I got a lot of Golden Knight fans on LFS6B that follow <laughs> me on Twitter. So we're going to pull for them, try to pull that one out there. Uh, and just one more story, Rick. NASCAR, Jeff Gordon to serve as second highest official at Hendrick Motorsports. He will leave the broadcast. This broke earlier today from AP. Charlotte, North Carolina, Jeff Gordon will leave the Fox Sports booth to take a daily role at Hendrick's Motorsports as vice chairman and the second ranking second ranking team official to majority owner Rick Hendrick. Uh, Wednesday's announcement uh, positions the four-time champion and Hall of Fame driver to one day succeed the 71-year-old Hendrick at the top of NASCAR's winningest organization. Gordon, 49, will formally begin the executive management role at the start of 2022. And Gordon joined Hendrick Motorsports for the final cup race of the 92 season, as you may recall, and launched one of the greatest careers in NASCAR history. He won 93 races, third on the all-time list, and four cup titles before retiring in 2015. Truly one of my all-time favorite drivers. Uh, And uh, Rick, that's a wrap in sports. Let's go Islanders. All right, you got it, Rick, and thanks for that. And, uh, yeah, when it comes to Jeff Gordon, he was he really came on the scene out of nowhere, it seemed like. And, basically, he's the reason Hendricks got so successful because he was winning everything. I remember the time through the 90s where it was like it was Jeff Gordon every year. He'd win the yep. cup every year. Every year. It was, just, it was an amazing run, an amazing career. And to think he's still only 49. <laughs> Crazy, right? Yeah. Amazing stuff. All right, Rick, thank you very much. Hey, we got some stuff we wanted to get in real quick. There were so many things happening today. But it turns out that, um, yeah, Vice President Kamala Harris, remember her? Um, The giggler decided she's going to be visiting the border this week amid the historic surge of illegal illegal immigration uh, under her watch. Because, you know, as uh, she was appointed the border czar, uh, she's been so busy with that role. Um, Harris chief spokesperson Simone Sanders said uh, she will travel to El Paso, Texas on Friday, along with the HSS secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. A trip is being organized in conjunction with Homeland Security. And of course, uh, President Resident Biden appointed her to border border czar uh, like over three months ago. And she hasn't really done anything. Here's what they had to say. Cut six. When uh, Jen Psaki was asked about the timing of Harris's border visit. Would you concede there is a political calculation to having the vice president visit the border before Donald Trump goes and with a drumbeat from Republicans who have counted the days that she has not visited the border? Isn't there a political decision in the timing of this? Well, Kelly, I would say that we have no way to predict what President, former President Trump will say uh, when, he ha- when he goes to the border. Uh, we can only guess. Um, but uh, I don't think we're, our view is that uh, the vice president making a trip to the border with the Secretary of Homeland Security to assess and take a look at progress that's been made is going to prevent or change what the former president of the United States says when he goes to the border in a couple of days. Yeah, right. That was useless. You know, you know what else happened today? Uh, aside from them announcing that uh, Vice President Harris was going to make that trip to the border. Um, also, for some reason, I don't know why, but Border Patrol Chief Rodney Scott on Wednesday informed colleagues that he was asked to step aside amid the surge in illegal immigration along the U.S.-Mexico border. That's right. Biden's Border Patrol chief just got booted out of the position he was just appointed to just a few months ago. Scott shared this this information the same day that uh, Kamala Harris announced she was making her first trip. He's been in office since January and told regional Border Patrol leader of his abrupt exit in a video conference 
Um, so there you have it. For some reason, for some reason, he's out. We're not sure why. But uh, he's only been at the job for, actually, it's it's been more like, uh, let's see, 12, about 15 months. He started under Trump, but he's basically been booted out uh, under the Biden administration. And what's interesting, too, is I found this. This was sent to us on Telegram, the LFS 6B, uh, live from Studio 6B group. Benny Johnson put this, um, pointing out where Kamala Harris is going to visit. Check that, check that out, David. <laughs> Look at where, look at where, I don't know if you can see this on TV, you probably can't, but right up here, this is where she's going to visit, um, that's where she's going to visit. Down here is where the problem is, but she's going to be about eh, six, seven hundred miles north of that. Uh, so that's where Kamala, it's about a thousand miles actually, from where the actual crisis stuff is going on, so... There you have it. Some more misdirection and uh, misinformation from the Biden administration. Yeah, so I had uh, Sandra Witten on my show. She's running for Congress down in Laredo, and she's telling me that uh, not only do 2,000 people a day cross the border down there right at that spot, but they have whistle drills for the soccer and the baseball and the football teams that a pack of mules come across with 8 and 10 people, kids, drugs on their back, probably weapons, and they have to go face down when they blow the whistle on the ground in the field to let the mules through their school field because it's right on the Del- the Rio Grande. Are you, you serious? You can't write it. You can't right. write it. And I, I spent time at the border in Sunland Park, New Mexico, where wow. the private wall was built, and they stopped 19 cartel paths into the United States, the third most illegal port of entry into the United States. Trump did a great job. This is a plot to get 8 million new Democratic voters. Yeah, and there you have it. So we'll see more as this unfolds. Thank you again for joining us. Uh, Thanks for watching, everybody. As always, we salute our military, active and retired, our first responders, EMTs, firefighters, police, everybody serving us on the front lines. We appreciate you and thank you for your service. Thank you to everybody on the show. David Zier for sitting in. Slick Rick. (laughs) There go his Islanders. Gino and Fran. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow night. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice.